Our first reading for this Sunday of the Transfiguration comes to us from the 24th chapter of the book of Exodus. This has taken place after the people of Israel have left Egypt. They have been freed from slavery to Pharaoh. They have walked across the dry ground in the midst of the Red Sea. And here they are at the base of Mount Sinai. Uh, the Lord is making a covenant with them that they will be his people and he will be their Lord. And he even brings uh, some of the representatives of the people of Israel up the mountain to feast with him. And uh, it says he does not lift his hand against them, which means that they witness the Lord, but he does not strike them down. He is prepared to give his grace. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait here, that I may give you the tablets of stone, with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from the letter written by St. Peter, his second letter, the first chapter. Uh, this epistle lesson actually was written after our gospel lesson, as most of our epistles are, but it addresses the event that we will hear about in our gospel lesson because Peter was one of the witnesses to the transfiguration of Christ, and he talks about it here in this portion of the letter, reminding us that he has seen the majestic glory of Christ. He knows he is true but we can also listen to his words of scripture and know they are true as well. St. Peter writes, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. 
thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear from the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. This is Matthew's account of the transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, have and have no fear. And they lifted up their eyes and saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. These are the words that Peter, James, and John hear as they are surrounded by an impenetrable fog this is said right after Peter, in his typical Peter way, sticks his own foot in his mouth. Because he wants to add his thoughts to the situation. One of the other gospel writers tell us that Peter did not know what to say, and instead of saying nothing at all, just started talking. Because this is what occurs as Jesus is a transfigured before Peter, James, and John, which means his, his face and his clothing turn as white as light. He's blinding. His glory is being seen. They can see truly who this Jesus is, and it's blinding. And not only that, but they see Moses and Elijah, these long-gone prophets of ages old, here meeting in the place of Christ. They know this means that Christ is endorsed by these heroes of the faith. And Peter says, well, maybe we should just stick around. This is great. We should just stay here and make tents and rest. But that's not Christ's plan. It's not the reason he's showing them his glory. He's showing them his glory so that what they witness next, over the next few weeks, they would understand was not an accident that it was planned, 
that is exactly as God wants it to be as Jesus goes to the cross. But as Peter's speaking, this impenetrable cloud comes over all of them in, in a somewhat dramatic way of telling Peter, shh, be quiet. And those words come out, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This Wednesday, as I was telling our young people, we start a journey. A six-week journey that you've taken many times. As many times as you've been a part of this church. A time of Lent. Now, if you have a connection to other denominations, you probably know that not other, all Christian churches celebrate Lent. And when I've asked a few of them why they don't celebrate Lent, it's usually an answer like, well, it really puts a downer on the season. There's a sadness and a morose, mournful feeling. It's bleak. But as I, as I hear that, I think, you know, our Lent is actually more like that cloud. That cloud that comes upon Peter. Lent is a time that basically says to us, shh, be silent and listen. Hear the Lord. That's what Lent is doing to us. Lent isn't a time for us to, to sit and weep and, and, and mourn and, and, and grovel. It is a time of repentance. It is a time of Remembrance of our sin and uh, turning away from it, certainly. But it is also a time that we are told to be silent and to open our ears. Hear our Lord. And we don't hear our Lord by sitting in a dark room and waiting for a voice to whisper into our ear. We don't count on dreams to give us some sort of special revelation. We hear God's word by his word. Did you notice what Peter said in his letter? Peter, who got to see, this is, this is Peter after he's learned to not put his foot in his mouth quite so bad. He, he's seen the transfiguration. He's seen the glory of Christ. He's seen this magnificent thing. And, and, and he says, For when Christ received honor and glory from the Father and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain. I've seen it. I know. But then listen to this next sentence. He says, and we have something more sure. The prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Peter, who saw so many miraculous miracles, who saw the transfiguration, who was there at the cross, who saw the resurrected Christ, he says, actually, the better thing is the word. I saw it, but we have the word. So hold to the word. 
During the season of Lent, it's very popular, especially among Christians, that during that six weeks you give up something, right? Maybe you refrain from chocolate or maybe you refrain from watching TV or some other thing that you take out of your life and uh, you use it for your own uh, kind of sense of meditation or whatever. But today I want to encourage you and challenge you not to take something away from your life, but to add something to your life. I want you to make a habit of listening. Listening to God. Hearing that word that he just said today, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Let's do that this Lent. Let's listen to him. And the way that we listen to him, just as Peter said, is by his word, by his scripture. So I challenge you to add to your life this Lent him. Spend some time in his word, more than you do now. Maybe you do none and need to add some. Maybe you already do a few devotions and add a few more. I encourage you to explore this of looking in your scriptures, looking in the portals of prayer. We even have a Lenten devotional booklet on our back table you are free to take that has to do with our midweek Lenten uh, series. Or find an app that goes on your phone that reads the Bible to you. I know there are dozens of those. But listen to the beloved Son of God as can be done through your ears or through your eyes. And as we listen to the Son of God, we will be as astounded and delighted as Peter to see exactly what he did for us. Because when Peter, James, and John witnessed that glory of Christ and then followed him all the way to the cross and saw him give up his life on the cross... We are joining them on this journey. And just like them, because of this account, we know exactly who this Christ is. He is the Son of God. He has the glory of God. He has the power of God, and yet still allowed himself to die for us. He does it for me and for you, and he was willing to do it because of his love for us. He saw us in our hopeless condition. He saw us in our sinfulness. And he lived the perfect life. In order to bring us his grace. And his forgiveness. That is our focus this Lent. That's our focus always. And we listen to him. And I also want to challenge you to add one more thing to your Lenten worship. Tell someone about this Christ. Or invite them to your church. Just one person. Tell them about the hope that you have in this Son of God. Invite them to Lent or invite them to Easter. Tell them of the hope that you have that in the sinless Son of God, you know you live forever. Not because you deserve it, not because you've earned it, but because he loves you, has died for you, and has risen 
for you. So let us listen to him. To his word. To his grace. To his salvation. And know that by his work. By his sacrifice and by his resurrection. We are saved. And live forever with him. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.